0: Are you lost? Or are you looking for something? Walking around here, it's dangerous. It's not recommended for everybody. Kiddos can come along, but They're gonna only have more questions than answers. But that's part of this journey. Enter if you dare. My name is Dakota Franzen, And this is specialist of the Strange Radio Show. Where we go into various topics of the unknown. and maybe, just maybe, we'll discover something new along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're not going to want to miss this. Hello ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. And I apologize for leaving you so abruptly. I really do. But shockingly, even as we're here in the United States, we are still dealing with the pandemic. Among a plethora of other issues. My caseload... apologies, just that notification, my caseload decided to spike due to the number of people stressing out over COVID-19 related incidents, in which resulted in a total of seven exorcisms this year, more than doubling my official count. Also, I was stupidly involved with someone, who you may have heard me talk about a couple of times previously on this program, who apparently had been drugging me along this entire time. Yeah. That's not one of my prouder moments, but nevertheless... Lessons learned, am I right? So, for tonight's episode, we're going to spend some time getting caught up. Because I have a few things I want to talk about here on this program. I also want to give you some updates on what's been going on since I haven't been as active. And throw in a few other things. We got plenty of time, right? My name is Dakota Franson. I am the one, the only, Specialist of the Strange, and you and I have a lot of catching up to do. So, shall we get down to it ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize if you're hearing a lot of background noise. I do have some fans going to try to help keep the house cool down because it has been very hot recently and I'm a big guy, so I'm built more for hibernating in the winter. But anyway, let's get down to business, shall we? Um, No, I kind of mentioned a lot in the brief introduction that we to need to go over. And there's going to be times where it seems like... None of these are really connecting with the overall message behind what I do, the exploration of the paranormal, but just just work with me on this, okay? Alright. So, like I mentioned before, I had a bit of a spike in cases that caught my attention. And it was abnormal, to say the least. all of these cases, I was able to pinpoint the, well, I shouldn't say that, there was all these cases correlated with people being stuck at home thanks to COVID-19, and I apologize if you just heard that notification sound. I thought I had this situation taken care of, but I guess not. I'm also a bit out of practice, so let's get back in the show, eh? Anyway, yes, to the audience members. I know COVID-19 has been a stressful situation. Not being able to go out, have fun, you know, go out to eat, you know, go on a nice date without worrying about catching something holding back medical appointments because hospitals are still so freaking overloaded with COVID patients. And I get it. It's weird times we're in right now. And there's a lot of people who try to say that, oh, we shouldn't worry about it. The uh, survival rates of COVID are relatively high. Well, right now it may seem like that, but we're still in the middle of this thing, and we still have very little understanding of what the virus actually does to us. But right now, unfortunately, there is a... There is an immediate... How should I put this? There are more immediate problems that need to be taken care of that are equally as... Equally, if not more, so likely to end up getting someone killed. And that is the issue with... Everything being locked down, people, stores starting to close I've here in a bunch of people lately because our local Victoria's Secret in the mall near here permanently shut down, just as an example. But, uh, the issue is that a lot of domestic violence cases, a lot of people who are living with an abusive partner have nowhere else to go due to COVID restrictions. They can't run from their partner. And because when this thing started, officers in many jurisdictions were prohibited from making any severe arrests because of the number of COVID positive patients that showed up that ended up in the prison cells. People freaking out about potentially getting bad treatment in prison. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a fun place but, I digress. And, a lot of you know that, who have been following my pages for a long time, know that I like to joke around. I like to post just random, funny videos, jokes. Some of you who have been following me recently know that, may have known that uh, I recently joined TikTok and do a lot of goofy stuff on there. I like to put that stuff out there because all the projects that I work on in my spare time, because I haven't been able to crack the freaking code on how to turn it into a long-term career yet, but all the projects I do in my spare time, the paranormal investigations, the, the writings, the shows I do, things like that, all of these do somewhat rely on mental health. And I personally like to create this content just so people can find something that can help them feel better about what's going on in their lives. And yeah, a funny video or two may not alleviate the pain of an abusive marriage, a toxic relationship, uh, not being able to visit loved ones because of travel restrictions, things like that. But it provides a temporary release. And sometimes with that temporary release, it's just enough for people, for a lot of people, to just be able to say, hey, maybe things aren't that bad, and they can keep going. And there are several people who message me all the time that thank me for making this content, because even if they're, oh, if it's not, even if they're just having a bad day at work, something like that, you know, even if it's stuff that's, you know, frustrating, but still relatively minor. It's something that helps them feel better. And people like to feel better. And creating content that you know makes people laugh, makes people smile, maybe even make them cry, make them feel better at the end of the day is a healthier release than having to commit yourself to possibly dangerous amounts of drugs. And it's a good resource for those of us who may not be able to afford regular therapy visits. And I'm saying this because it is during times like these and not just because of COVID, not just because 2020 has been an absolutely weird year, and trust me, One of the cases that I had to deal with that came close to resulting in a full-on exorcism had an update that will shock you all. And I'm going to get to that very soon. Excuse me. What was I saying? Uh, wow, Dakota. Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. This is the reason why I just want to uh, try to tell people, just spread kindness, spread love. If you have a chance to make someone's day better, whether or not it's just giving them a reason to smile, helping them out with something, you should do it. Because in the long run, you may, not reali- you may not realize that that small action can lead to great change later on. That person may be... Able to help you somewhere down the line. In fact, uh, recently I've uh, started taking up master classes. Maybe some of you have seen the ads for them on like Facebook and stuff like that where you can take like acting classes from Samuel Jackson. Uh, Christina Aguilera teaches a singing course on there that I've honestly been eyeballing. Reba McIntyre has one on there. Gordon Ramsay has a couple cooking classes on there. And just as an example, i'm not trying to i'm not being asked to promote it i'm honestly saying you know if you have a chance if you want to look into it the uh yearly it's a yearly subscription price but it's honestly well worth it anyway in one of the master classes i did the teacher was samuel jackson and he mentioned something that about a poster that he sees whenever When he worked on Quentin Tarantino movies, is that Quentin apparently has a poster in the studio where that says, uh, be careful of the toes you step on today because they may be connected to the ass you need to kiss tomorrow. And if I can find this freaking poster, I'm going to hang it up on my wall. (laughs) Because that is honestly something to live by. You know, spread kindness, spread art, spread love. If you have a chance to make someone's day feel better, and just just for the simple sake of making someone else feel good, then take it. Sometimes that may take you down dangerous routes, and if that ends up being the case, do be careful. Now I'm bringing all this up because, like I mentioned before, the uh, commercial break in this episode's introduction. I was also involved in a relationship that turned sour. For those of you who may have read my last book, uh, Dear Coda, The Letters You Wish You Had, there was a letter in there that was titled The Eternal Moonlight Jewel. And this was talking about a girl that I used to date we had known each other for about three years. We dated for a little bit, but ended up having a big falling out. What had happened was that back last year, last year around this time, actually, uh, we got to talking again, we uh, made amends. Conversations ensued to where she asked me if I would be hers. I thought that was a sign that we were dating again. Then, uh... Apparently, I don't know what the hell happened or how this got lost in translation, but apparently she had been seeing another guy This year just before the uh, 4th of July I uh, flew out to the Area she lives to go see her because I was thinking about moving to the area, to, you know try to start up a new life take up some business opportunities with uh, colleagues of mine that happen to be in the Chicago area That's about as close as I'm going to tell it. You know, and just try to start up my life. Because up until this point, I've been staying at home in order to help keep an eye on my younger sister. My younger sister's now 18, so it's time for me to, you know, take on some bigger and better things. And I discovered... I had been suspicious that there was another guy for quite some time, but because it was a long-distance situation... I didn't want to make assumptions. I wouldn't want somebody to make assumptions that I was cheating on them without some evidence. Because I firmly believe that the accusation of betrayal is worse than the act itself. A false accusation of betrayal is worse than betrayal itself. And while I was over there, while we did have a nice conversation, we got to talk a little bit more. It was. Honestly, nice to finally see her in person. It was the first time we actually met in person. Most of our conversations were online or through texting. Which, the texting part ended up being a mistake down the road, and I'll explain that here in a sec. I had met her family. Their family told, mentioned the boyfriend. Things got a little tense, understandably. We talked about it, she said that she completely forgot the conversation where she asked me to be hers. She remembered the contents that happened before then, but that particular part she forgot. And because most of her conversations were done through Snapchat, there was no backlog of them. She know, made, made her remark about how I needed a camera when talking to me, and I honestly looked at her and said, oh, honestly, I feel like I need to do the same. That being said, it hurt. I admitted that I still had feelings for her and would like a chance if something were to happen down the road. She seemed like she was okay with it at first, but then I imagined, and it's my understanding, that whenever her family members mentioned something, she turned hostile. I tried one last attempt to uh, just clear the slate, stay friends, because I did... Respect her a lot, and there was one point in the conversations while I was there where she said she expected me to be in her life for a very long time. I was wanting to wipe the slate clean, simply be friends. That ended up in a threat of a restraining order and being blocked out completely on social media. While the conversation did hurt, it did open my eyes to a lot of things, and had I not taken the trip out there, I probably would have been sulking around more in the what ifs. But don't worry, I'm doing okay. I told her it found one of the outlets that we used to talk to each other with all the time. One of the, Part of the threat that was also involved in the uh, threat of the uh, restraining order was a threatening to burn any of the letters I tried to send her in order to try to talk. So I just said burn everything. and while it seems hostile that I came that way and I do honestly wish cooler had prevailed when she finally decided to talk to me after I tried to clean the slate she was not coming to be an adult to reconcile to you know try to end things on a more productive more positive manner she was coming at me for blood and everybody I showed the conversation to agrees with me on this so I and honestly I was willing to, uh, you know, wipe the slate clean, start fresh, as just friends. You know, at least be an adult about this. If she was going to start threatening me like that, I don't want any connection to her. And I think that's a reasonable stance. There's a little bit more to the story. That's a quick summary of what essentially happened. And if the girl who happens to be listening, take my matter seriously. I'm still willing to be friendly, be friends, be an adult, but if you're not willing to do so, then uh, let's take the other high road and be nothing more than faces in the crowd to one another. Okay? Okay. Now, how does that relate with uh, coke? Relationships these days, and I've talked with a few professionals about the matter in order to, you know, try to process it, kind of move on better. It seems like a recurring pattern where people are utilizing methods of communication that will allow them to not take accountability for their actions, and that is not okay, especially in how crazy 2020 is. In fact, just shortly after I uh, got back from my trip over to her, I uh, found out one of my sisters. one of my sisters was actually missing for a month. She's been successfully located. She's okay. No worries there. And uh, I do want to shout out real quick that I do have an uncle who's going to need to have some spinal and brain surgery. He was uh, injured when he was in basic training long ago. Uh, Apparently, the boots they gave him were too small, which caused his arches to fall and caused a whole lot of neurological and skeletal damage that's just been building up over the years. And it is getting to the point with him that he is losing functioning and feeling in his hands and feet, which is not exactly something you want when you have three small children the oldest stuff of which, just barely going into kindergarten. Just to say the least. <laughs> that, and he likes to work a lot with power tools, so... Don't need to accidentally be chopping something off, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, like I'm saying, times like these are not ones where we want to be messing around. And, especially with trying to mess around with possibly illegal substances that could cause more harm in the long term. And remember how I mentioned there was a case I'm going to talk about that brings this to the forefront because something happened that still kind of freaks me out to this day because of mere implications alone and may warrant a potentially dangerous trip to Saudi Arabia. I gonna talk about that a bit more but it's also situations like these these tense toxic abusive relationships that create potentially all right you know the cases you hear about where your poltergeist activity involving y'all you know, shift line off the shelves uh, weird energy shadows things like that nine times out of ten and it's a situation I've discussed many times before on this program I call it Carry Syndrome, and this is because some sort of mental disturbances within the subjects itself inside the home is causing abnormal behavior within the supernatural. And once these mental traumas are addressed and dealt with, that's when the activity starts to subside. One can argue that uh, these are delusions caused by heavy stress. Others can can claim that uh, these entities just simply took notice and took advantage of the situation. Or in some cases, the entities in question happen to be past or made loved ones of the person in trauma trying to reach out and help. And unfortunately, if you want to ask me what's the more likely case, unfortunately, I've seen all three happen, so... But that's also what makes this next case interesting. And it brings... It opens up a lot of insight into situations like Annabelle, but and I'm mentioning that because where, uh, Zach Bagans and Tony Spera, the current owner of the... of Annabelle the Annabelle doll are, are, ended up in blows not too long ago over social media because apparently Tony's kind of a dick but this story is just barely being brought to light and that some people who have encountered Annabelle while in Tony's possession have reported some spikes in negative activity that they naturally attribute to Annabelle so, there's a good chance Annabelle's back into the game, so, and that would be something I would take care of if I was able to easily get to Connecticut. Now, I was also in Indiana not too long ago, speaking of Zach Bangens where I was starting to look into the reports of the Demon House in Gary, apparently still having victims, so far based on the victims that i have talked to that went to the site ever since it got torn down report that based on what i've gathered so far it seems like it's simply a psychosomatic incident these people were recently at the site psyched them out so much they're psyching themselves out so much that they think they have paranormal events going on and the human mind is one hell of a bitch so That's one of those things you really got to be careful of, and it also enforces the idea that in order to fully understand what is truly going on with these supernatural reports, we're going to need to essentially have every medical monitoring device known, like MRIs, CAT scans, uh, pulse monitors, things like that, all of those to where a person can simply wear it around their wrist on like a Fitbit, and go about their day. Because anything else would potentially contaminate the results. And it also gets me to thinking about what might this next case that I want to talk about. Because the events that transpired during this case actually changed a few of the rules that I follow, and some of you will need to know if you decide to reach out to me If you have a case of your own that you want me to take a look at. So we're going to hit a commercial break. Then I'll get right back to you, alright? And we're back. So, this case was an interesting one, to say the least. It was just before, before the July weekend. I had been working night shifts as a response at my day job. To COVID 19. I had finished my work early, so I headed home. About 20 minutes later, I received a phone call through the specialist of the strange hotline. I do not know why I decided to do this voice, but it seems to work well. A gentleman out of North Carolina was concerned about activity that had been surrounding him for a while but was starting to make moves on his three-year-old son. The specialist of the strange hotline is designed to go directly to voicemail. Once I learned his heard his message, I consulted with my spiritual sources who told me that this was a genuine call for help. So I returned his call. The gentleman ran through everything that was going on. There was this entity that had been speaking with him, gotten to know him, would discuss topics like of interest like he was a best friend. Shadows. Poltergeist-like activity ensued, strange smells, just flat-out evil-sensing energy that seemed to center around one particular room. His son had recently turned the age of three and started to act like he had noticed these things. I let the client discuss with me everything that's been going on. How he had been trying to call several numbers, several groups throughout the United States, only for me to be the only one to answer. As we discussed the situation, I made sure to take notes of every little incident. All the cliches were there weird whispers, claw marks that resembled the logo for Monster Energy Drinks, which, by the way, For those of you who do not know, the claw marks for Monster Energy drinks also happen to be each one of those scratches, also happens to resemble the Hebrew number for 6. Think about it, 666. We discussed further the, the entity's appearance, possible names, and it was the name that caught my attention. He disclosed that he had seen this being appear in a long cloak, horse-like shape, mutilated kind of goat skull-like shape. Sometimes he'd be seen a fedora and a long robe This entity, once, he also disclosed an incident where this entity was able to pick him up by the head and slam him against a nearby vehicle as he was walking down a city street. He was not sure what attracted this thing, and when I told him my possible theory, it only concerned him even more. Being that this entity was disclosing personal details, trying to act like it was... A good friend of the client I asked if it disclosed his name the client said he could not remember exactly what the name was and if that would have just waited a few more seconds that would have timed out perfectly he said that he didn't remember exactly the name, but it had something to do with cane, like sugar cane. Granted that this was in the middle of the night and I was a little dreary so I didn't catch it the first time he brought it up, but the second time it came around, it provided evidence to a theory I had long feared. The hot man entity that several people report witnessing during times of distress. On a global scale, I had a working theory that may have identified who he was, or at least who the first one was. I should put it that. He is a version of the Grim Reaper, essentially, out of Breton mythology, right out of northern France. Some theories, legends, I should say, state that this being is more of a mantle. This being is referred to as the Anku, and the last person to die within the Anku's cycle takes up the helm. Part of the legend also states that the Anku may be none other than the firstborn son of Adam and Eve. According to all records, to majority of religious texts, the firstborn son of Adam and Eve was none other than Cain, the world's first murderer. My client disclosed that he had no real religious knowledge, aside from little bits and pieces you would see in just about every medium of pop culture. You know, God, Devil, Adam and Eve, that's literally all I knew. He didn't know the children's names, he didn't know angels, demons. He was aware of the concepts, but not just how real they actually are. So I disclosed to him the story of Cain and Abel. How Cain was jealous of Abel's favor towards God. Abel's sacrifices of his livestock to God. So Cain killed Abel. Now, this is not the part that it gets interesting. The interesting part is that older religious, older forms of common religious texts say that Cain was not actually Adam's son. That Eve's temptation into the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. There was more to it than that that the serpent commonly associated with the devil had actually had a sexual relationship with Eve and conceived Cain. By all accounts, this means that Cain could have very well. Been among the first, Nephilim. I didn't disclose this much information to the client because the revelation that he was potentially dealing with none other than the devil's son scared him. So I followed appropriate procedures now that I had an identity on the being. I disclosed to him the situation, the details behind it, and did my best to assure him that His act, he did not do anything wrong to attract the devil's attention, so to speak. (coughs) Oftentimes, this could just be a matter of just their type. So I gave him the appropriate measures in order to fight this thing, because this activity was becoming so intense. That he was moving across the country with his family in order to get away. The family has since moved, no reported activity has occurred since then, but in this remaining time frame, I would like to discuss more about this bee, because as I said before, It appears that COVID-19 is causing enough of emotional stress within the global population that demonic possessions are on the rise. And maybe, just maybe, as we approach closer to the holidays, those numbers will go up even further. I have measures in place to try to prevent as much of that as possible. But, the revelations from this particular case alone attracted some new attention. You see the so-called Serpents that is associated with the Devil that infiltrated the Garden of Eden that led to Adam and Eve's banishment. The figure behind that is often twisted between two particular beings, Lucifer and Samael. Now, if you are happen to be part fan of the Netflix series, Lucifer, which I don't blame you, it's a really good show, Samael and Lucifer are not the same beings. Samael is actually bigger, stronger, and scarier. He is actually the one who tried to overthrow God. Lucifer simply wanted to prove that he was the strongest among the Seraphim. Lucifer may actually have... The character we know as Lucifer nowadays is actually an amalgamation of several different characters and I want to focus on one in particular, Samael. The reason why Samael is particularly dangerous because he is considered to be the boss of death. He is the Angels of Death boss. And part of the lore behind him says that he actually married Adam's first wife, Lilith. So he is well aware of human afflictions. Now, this proposes a new theory. And unfortunately, this new theory gains validation when none other than Cain's mother came out of the shadows. See, Adam was aware that Cain was not his child and was abusive. By many accounts, Adam wasn't exactly a nice guy. And knowing that, built pressure upon Cain, made him feel like he was nothing, that he knew, Cain knew his heritage. He felt like the world was against him, so he finally had enough and took it out on his brother. The Mark of Cain commonly associated as somewhat of a curse. It may actually be more of a metaphor. If there was any physical manifestation of the Mark of Cain, it is most likely the one good blow Abel managed to get in before Cain finished him off. The weight of carrying your own blood, no matter the circumstances, is one that'll haunt people for the rest of their days. People have a natural gut instinct to tell when someone around them is dangerous. That could very well be the mark of Cain. And because that bruise, that cut, it would say Cain could have very well landed, Abel may have very well landed one hell enough of a blow, they left Cain with a nasty scar. That scar alone was a permanent reminder of his actions. Eve tried to help Cain, but his temper got to the best of him. So it could very well be that Cain gathers an army of beings just like him in order to to fulfill this long-standing prophecy of Hell heaven gone to war, Samael wants nothing to do with it, just to fulfill his duties, Lucifer, Michael, Gabriel, Metatron, Uriel, Raphael, they're all aware of the circumstances, and they are all confident that should hell gain enough soldiers that the war would be easily fought in heaven's favor. However, there will be casualties. And those casualties are what we see today. The rising domestic violence, thanks to COVID-19 BLM protests, the South African femicide, where more than half Of all women in South Africa are likely to be abused or flat-out murdered by a significant other. Hunger. War. Famine. The consequences of these attract the demons here. Some of them not for evil purposes. Some of them are more like the demonic version of vigilantes. They know that things things are wrong, and they take violent reactions to correct them. Because they feel that no one else will. They feel that the angels aren't doing enough. But angels and demons, the way their physiology works, if they interact with our world too much, they could literally set us on fire just by standing right next to us. But the God of how did, you, how did you handle Michael's affair? There is a good chance that Michael was human at some point. He eventually became an angel. It is not that far of a stretch. Enoch, Noah's grandfather, is said to have become the angel Metatron. So Michael could easily know a way to back up his abilities, back up his power, To hold back just enough to where, when my soul encountered him one on one, there were no repercussions. Now, I say that I had validation for this because the following night after the cleansings were approved, Eve herself came to me introduced me to her ex Kane's father who filled me in on this sounds crazy I know believe me I know if there was any way I could record the entire encounter I would have but it goes to show that what I've always been trying to say all this time the reason why I like to post Random funny videos on my social media feeds. Spread kindness to one another. Spread laughter, spread love. Because there are deeper consequences to these things than you realize. My name is Dakota Franson. And guess what? We're back with more episodes. We even have some new adventures coming forth. So if you want to hear more, you stick around. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, follow me on DakotaFrancis.com. There should be a link tree, link in the description below. That'll give you all the details on my social media accounts, where to find me, where to follow me, where to love my stuff, and get all the updates as they come. It's good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's do this thing. It's 2020. I highly doubt it's going to be any less crazier. So let's take it on together now, shall we?